0: Welcome to Beers with Contractors. We're cracking a cold one and taking a deep dive into the foundations of your business, pun intended, to unearth the strategies, techniques, and insider knowledge that can take your contracting business to the next level. So, grab your favorite beer, pull up a seat, and let's have a chat about the nuts and bolts of the construction industry. Dylan.
1: Will, how we doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing great, except for the fact, of course... Depending on when people are listening to this, it's obviously we're in the throes of winter. I I despise the cold. I can't handle it. I'm such a wuss when it comes to... Cl- and I'm a contractor. I work the, the heat and the cold and throw three layers on and it's still not enough. No. It's horrible. I, I that sounds bad. We we're I don't want to start to show up in a negative mindset.
2: But you do feel for the people that are out there, and you know it doesn't matter how many layers you have on; they're still working with their fingertips, like they're doing something re- like electricians are, like doing something in the cold. It's negative ten degrees, and they're cutting wire, and yeah, it's it's not easy. You're looking forward to February ending and March moving forward. Well, uh, little secret.
1: So I got started with my company now in dirt crawl spaces and if you're in texas they call them pure and bean and most people are like really and it's like i actually enjoyed it because like you're crawling under a house and when it's 115 degrees outside heat index it's 60 degrees in the crawl space and then the opposite is when it's 10 degrees outside not counting wind chill it's 60 degrees in the crawl space and you're practically laying down on the job most of the time so it's and it's a great way to work out your core Thank God they don't show my core in this show because the core has mashed
2: up a little bit, showing some age. Yeah, the the only crawl space is like crawling into bed and and laying there at night now. You know, don't, don't get into the crawl spaces so much anymore. Well, I know we cracked him open a little pre gaming for the show, for our listeners. We
1: try not to over indulge before the show, but I'm repping my my good old pops, Randy Blake Carpentry, the guy that taught me. Everything I know up until the point that I got kicked out of the nest, but also the one that told me, "Whatever you do, don't get in construction. Go to school." And then here I am. I know, right? So, Randy Blake Carpentry, love you, pops. Repping your koozie
2: today. So, I. uh It's funny. We, we were getting into the office uh, earlier, and uh, this is this is the second time that this has happened, Will. That you have been locked out of this office. And now I have been locked out of this office. And um I was thinking earlier, I was like, this is super embarrassing. We've been in this office space that we, we're now using as our podcast studio for, I don't know, a month or so. And and we've had to call maintenance twice. And I'm like, here we are hosting a podcast talking about productivity. And the biggest impediment to our productivity is just losing our keys.
1: <laughs> and the look on Ray, the maintenance guy's face, when it's like, oh, it's it's the Unison guys again.
2: Yep. That he knows. We're, we're on a first-name basis, you know, for all the right reasons. We got them on the speed dial. We can text with them. That's right. That's right.
1: Well, hey, listen, what you got on your mind? You shared this—I think we talked about this one other time. Like, you shared this great article with me, and I was, like, on another occasion, I was like, oh, that's a great article. Didn't fully read it. Actually, no, I did read this one, but I it, it was a while ago. I don't remember the topics, but you said it was related to another Gallup one. So what you got on your
2: mind? Um, Yeah, this one— is just chock full of, of, data, great stats, uh, to kind of review the end of 2023, looking forward to 2024 Gallup does phenomenal research. And, and so I kind of pay attention, you know, every month or two, just look through Gallup's stuff to see what they, they have placed out there. This article six workplace trends leaders should wash for in 2024, a guy named Ben Weigert. And I just want to like throw these stats at you and then kind of talk, talk about them and, and digest them a little bit. Talk about my love language, man. Statistics. <laughs> The first one, in 2019, 60% of remote-capable employees spent their week working fully on-site, whereas that figure has fallen to just 20% in 2023. So they were capable to work remote, 60%, now it's down to 20%. Gallup asked managers what changes their organizations made last year, 2023. 64% said that employees were given additional job responsibilities. 51% cited the restructuring of teams, 42% reported budget cuts. And then these two things I thought were super fascinating. Gallup recognized that they they pull employees and they saw that continually over the last couple of years, including 2023, the global work stress remains at a record high. So employees feel stressed more than ever. And this last one, I think is super interesting for you owners out there that are, that are working with management managers, engagement and perceptions that their employers, so probably their owners or higher-ups, care about their well-being is at a decline, so they don't feel cared for, and their intent to leave has risen. So all of this to say, we enter 2024, we've got sort of a new kind of landscape in in terms of what contractors are facing, where you've got less in the budget to work with, You've a lot of teams have restructured, and employees are given more responsibilities and they feel cared for less, stress, stress is at an all-time high what in the world got us here and there's a lot of things we could digest here i just want to start out with do you do you get a sense when you hear statistics like this that we might be returning to the old normal and what i mean by that is the 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 normal before covid where you, you had more responsibility You people were coming back into the office that there was a certain level of stress that i i think that Covid kind of took away because there was a lot of business opportunity for a lot of contractors uh, in the time after Covid. Do you think it's a return to the old old normal? Is it just a totally new landscape? Well,
1: I I'm gonna go I'm gonna push back against normal. Ooh, don't worry, I'm not that deep in my first beer, but into normalcy just in altogether. I mean, let's just push back on that, like. Was the world any less crazy in 2017 than it is now? Not really. I mean, so. But one thing I will say it, it it makes me rewind a little bit. Remember in 2020, when like every company, especially the big Fortune 500 companies, like every ad would say like We're in this together," and it's like repeated same message. And it was like, No, we're not. <laughs> The like, come on, really. It became like a slogan. And then attached to the hip of that, remember in 2020 when like everybody was showing pictures of dumpster fires and it's like there's 2020. But going back to those statistics, I mean, I I do believe like there are certain industries in I would even say construction can do this, that will need to adapt their behaviors and their hiring and workplace practices to accommodate the individual. So I in fact, have certain key people that are that are in other states that make daily business decisions, high level business decisions that are not in our home office. And, and I think fractional people or roles in a company, I, I think are completely acceptable within the reason that it needs to be done that way. But then I've got some other employees that they' they're, they're social creatures and they, they like the interaction of coming into the office and just try to accommodate, them and, and be hospitable to that, call it personality, I, introvert, extrovert, we call it as simplistic as that. But I think you're going to see a balance between those and you're, you're going to see a large amount of people that just throw the hammer down and say, no, we, you got to be here at work, right? Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people that actually are way better, at least on the administrative side. And the fact in the home service businesses, 80% of my workers are remote anyway, meaning they come to my office, they get in the trucks and they go to a job site. And then they come back. So it's like they're not in my office. But the last one is interesting because I always believe there's, there's naturally a correlation between
2: budget cuts, which what was that statistic? It was like 40. That was 42% reported budget cuts and 64% said employees were given additional job responsibilities. Yeah. So when you take those two, of course, employees are going to have this
1: sense of well-being or feeling a decline that their employer cares about their well-being. And, and all this really comes down to if you think about it is you know communication how did those companies actually communicate the budget cuts and, and i want to be very clear to our listeners i've had to make budget cuts i i grew a business through 0809 the the great recession and i had to make budget cuts and i did not communicate well through those years i've gone through tough times of hike accounts receivables and you know we had to cut back and i just wasn't good at that so I think what it comes out and you, you've been through this with me, like, I think in order to make sure that correlation of budget cuts and well being are repaired, it just comes down to communication and it's not like a one and done thing. I mean, we went through this this last year, we made budget
2: cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, one thing that's really important for, uh, business leaders to recognize is in scarcity, there's innovation. So scarcity will be a seedbed for innovation if you're going to have budget cuts and yet you still have an an increase in expectations of your employees, that difference, that chasm that was just created is often filled by some sort of innovative process, a new technology, a new software, whatever it may be to assist you to to get across that chasm, to make that leap, right? And uh, there's a lot of things that have happened in the last year. I'm not going to jump into our our special guest today, but I know some of the things he works with um, helps to fill that gap uh, for business owners. And I, I think that as much as we see that a budget cut could come down and expectations may rise the opportunity is there to say hey probably someone has created a solution to help bridge that gap right and you think of like i don't know businesses that are responding to an increased hourly rate particularly like a walmart or sort of your retail stores that they're they're responding to a pretty you know large call when you say like hey someone was making 11 12 13 dollars an hour now they're You know states are 15 plus per hour what necessarily followed fortunately or unfortunately is that you know you're in f-cell checkouts right like there's an innovation that followed from that and i think that that's that sort of thing thinking where innovation is going to follow has to be kind of at our forefront as contractors like okay well someone else has probably responded to the same crisis and there, there we can be an early adopter to that as well
1: well i know uh gallup casts a broad net in some of these, uh, studies, which I still love these studies. And, but there's, there's a key function that we have to remember, especially as contractors, like number one, we're typically dealing with, um, a low barrier of entry of our employees, uh, in most cases, unless you're in licensed trades, but you bring on apprentices and things like that. Um, well, what, what comes with that typically is a suppression of income. And it's super common in construction where you see a lower salary or hourly rate to cut cost of goods sold because of the lower barrier of entry. Well, you know the fact is is when compounded with seven plus percent inflation, I mean you've got employees struggling with higher cost of living expenses, and then subsequently the business is doing the same. So, you know when you're in a position of call it. You know, desperation just to make ends meet at home, and then the business is ch- chewing at the other end. It's like I w- I would clearly see that a a survey. I'm surprised the survey doesn't show higher results for companies not showing or a an employee showing that they feel that the company cares for their well being. And you know this as well as I do. It's not just about the the pay. It's sometimes about benefits. It's about the culture and all of this stuff. But the fact is, is that's why we're big advocates of pay for performance because. You know that that gives people to be higher than average income base, because people. I mean, we've got a. It was a good thought I had the other day. I jotted it down in my journal. Is that this weird dichotomy we have for contractors is like they get so optimistic about the big job, right? How oh, I'm going to get to get this big commercial job? It's going to be awesome. Some of our guests have talked about it, and, and they only see like through like the what is it called? Rose-colored lenses? There's nothing that can go wrong. But then you ask them about the employment workforce and they're like, oh, nobody wants to work. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can be so positive that this monster job, your biggest project's going to go so well, but then you're going to look negatively on the workforce. It's like, you got to figure that out and you got to even the scales a little bit. So, you know, I I am excited about our guest today because I think there's going to be a lot to talk about outward-facing content But the same correlates to inward facing communication to employees to help some of these metrics and stuff. But I guess my big takeaway is, you know, I'm not going to change, you know, the color of the sky tomorrow. I'm not going to change the reality. So the fact is, is out of all my employees, there's going to be some that just excel at remote work and they're in their happiest places there. And I'm going to have others that really perform their best work and do the social reasons or whatever the circumstances are, they want to be in the office. And we're just going to adapt that. And the, the, the linchpin that holds all that together is, well, what are the results you get? Because if they're not performing, then obviously you have a wrong person, wrong seat scenario. And anyway, that's my key takeaway.
2: Yeah. I, I would love a future pod episode. It, we should talk about managing employee stress and and what that's like. Cause I'm sure there's plenty of business owners that are like, you manage your own stress. Like you take care of yourself. And there are others that are probably like, no, this is something I need to like talk through or kind of figure out and game plan. So I think it'd be interesting for us to talk about that. Before we go to our special guest, I, I'd like to throw a shout out to uh, a five star review that we got. And uh, so shout out to Justin Hayes25. Um, he said, Hey guys, I just randomly was searching for a contractor's podcast and landed on this pod. I own a Central Ohio Home Services. Uh, company and I like beer. So I so it was catchy for me. I enjoyed an episode and followed to listen for more advice on how to operate and grow our small businesses here in Ohio. Nice work taking the leap and starting the pod. Justin Hayes, 25, thank you. We appreciate your support. And I think most importantly, he said, I like beer. So it was catchy for me and I, and I landed here. We're relating with our people. So please, any, anyone listening, please follow us, subscribe, throw us those five stars. And remember, any five star review that you leave us, an orphaned beer finds a home in our podcast booth. So we're just trying to take care of the orphaned beers. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Hey, listen, uh, Justin, if you're listening, I hope you're a Buckeye State fan. I'm from North Carolina. I grew up in a small town called Boone, where Appalachian State University's from. And many many years ago, they beat Michigan in a football game, and all the T-shirt town or all the T-shirt companies in our little small town got all their inventory got purchased over the course of a weekend, all from Ohio State vans. And it like, Ohio State increased the GDP of my local little small town. So I'm just like, heck yeah, Ohio, do this. So, well, Justin, thanks for that. That's cool. So listen, I'm super pumped. Many of you guys actually have heard or know of our guest today, which is kind of cool. He's kind of like our sixth man. Is that, the term they use in basketball, but there's only two of us, so we'll say he's our third man. Yep. So our guest today is the owner of Content Gym, which Content Gym, this is kind of a cool story. I want him to tell how he came up with this name. So it's a short form social media marketing firm. And and what he does is he specializes in helping really entrepreneurs kind of create engaging content because we're really not good at it. Or at least we think we are, and then you turn on a camera, and we're like, like Ricky Bobby, like I don't know what to do with my hands, right? And but what's cool about it is that we were talking about statistics; is he can refine these to help convert the content to lead generation and things like that. Which really, that's the only reason we invest in these things. So, uh, but also, he's the the founder of Mineo, uh, and Maneo helps business owners get unstuck. So essentially, four entrepreneurs got together. And what they do, they want to help business owners that do $3 million plus in revenue a year get unstuck. And what I really like about this is even though he's our fourth, fifth, sixth man on the court with us here at Beers with Contractors, he's also just an accounting whiz, which I geek out over accounting. So anyway, our guest today is Mr. Drake Ciphers. Drake, we actually let you get to talk to our, our audience today. You're always behind the curtain. Yeah, I, we, we just decided to take the gag off and just, you know, go for it. <laughs> well, you know, we had to like get you loosened up a little bit because, you know, when we started this adventure together of creating this podcast, but some of our content, full disclosure to our listeners, Drake, Drake let us know he's drinking a beer with 15.5% alcohol
2: content today. He so, opened with a pliers because he didn't, it didn't have a bottle opener. So he opened it with a pliers, which is just impressive. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So the good news is, is he edits all this. So if it's gets really bad, he'll fix it. But, you know, Drake, you have taught me a lot and I'm not going to try to tell your story for you because when we started this whole adventure, it was just kind of like, we we just want to get our message out. We want to help contractors. Right. And and you kind of brought me down to earth and brought a systematic, systematic approach to it. You've also made it a lot of fun for us, but take us through your journey on how the hell you ended up here because I think what you do, you are not a contractor, you are the first guest that is not a contractor on this show, but you would help so many of our listeners in helping, where, where is it, here it is, in using this such such powerful, powerful device we have in our back pockets to get customers. So,
2: tell us your story, Drake. Yeah, so... I'm not currently a contractor, but I was on the- Not currently. Hold up, hold up. Not currently. It just sounds like you're opening a door there.
3: We'll, we'll let it ride, but continue, Drake. Go. I like opportunities. I like opportunities. I, And part of the reason for that is I really love anybody that is working in any sort of blue collar industry, right? So before, before Content Gym, I was working, I've had a lot of different Things in a lot of different industries, but I was working uh, on the real estate development side, right? And so I'm the one, I'm the real estate developer actually interacting with all the contractors, processing invoices, talking to them, making sure the jobs are in line, everything's going going properly. I had to GC one of our projects. We put five and a half acres of concrete on nine and a half acres of land, building an RV park. And so I've, I've been out there, I've been on the job sites. And then my last company was an internet service provider where you know i was on roofs i was doing installs i was climbing towers so when you talk about when will's talking about that cold weather i remember being it i i rewired a tower in negative nine degree weather and oh. so i have a lot of love for my my contractor brethren who are out working outside in the cold in the elements and it is it, it can be brutal so even though i'm in this you know cool little setup you know watching youtube videos i i love blue collar work and i think uh, i think it when you look over the next 10 years there is going to be a lot more people getting into it and i just see that as a a growing industry in in the world so especially in the u.s especially with our reshoring of our uh, supply lines so anyway like i said i had my last company that was internet service provider I, i managed to sell that and i was figuring out what i wanted to do next and so this all leads into content gym because i was trying to think through like what will the future look like and i figured that discovery is going to be one of the big things that changes like contractors or anybody they, they typically think of websites and google right so you think of how do people find me they google me right and i also was looking at kind of this explosion of video content you know whether it be youtube And, you know, little secret, when I was selling my company, I knew I wasn't going to be able to hire a business broker and I wanted to do it myself. So I listened to probably a few hundred hours of the Built to Sell podcast, which you've referenced that book before. I listened to about a few hundred hours of that podcast in order to learn about all the different good, bad, and ugly of selling a business. And so I kind of already loved podcasts to begin with. And I was like, I really think that there is a lot here where you can learn an incredible amount, listening to people that you like and what that does for like discovery, what that does for learning about people, learning about something is really important. And so I was talking to my best friend who's a co-founder in Content Gym, and he had a large media company here. I was like, Hey man, I think there's something here. I think that both podcasting and short form video are going to be a big deal. And the way that the platforms, the social media platforms work now, they encourage content that is interesting because for them, they want to keep people on their platforms for as long as possible. And the best way to do that is to put interesting content in front of them. And so I thought that, hey, there's an opportunity here and my background is kind of in I'm good at building systems, whether it's using automations or AI, or kind of looking at things with beginner beginner eyes and going, "Hey, this is the way it's been done. How can it be done in the future?" And so, whether that is you know video editing, whether it's getting things posted on social media, whether it be you know building big systems for big companies, that's kind of what I'm good at. So I just took that lens and put it onto content, and so you know here we are.
1: Yeah. Well, I like you. I- I don't know if, where I saw it, may, maybe it was in a meeting before we started our little venture that, you know, we, if you take an entrepreneur and you, you take him out for a beer, ironically, you know, they'll just talk and talk and talk and just talk yeah. about their business. Yeah. And then, but then you slap a microphone in front of them and it's like, uh, what are we talking about? So like gym, you go to the, to the gym to work out, to get better, right? And. And that's kind of not only you're you're creating content for people, but you're also getting them a little bit more in their comfort zone of creating because it's hard to create good content when
2: you can't even talk in front of a microphone. And Will and I know this. I mean, like this this is our experience. This this is our first podcast. It's not like we're pros at this. We might sound like pros to like two or three of you. Okay, we're about to be pros. We're semi-pros right now. We're we're, we're on our on our rise. My mom wrote a five star review. There you go. It, it, oh, is your is your mom the the person I quoted Justin Hayes? <laughs> That's funny. She goes by Justin, but yeah. But I, there is a piece to this. Like we we are personally experiencing that. You know, like we're going to the gym every podcast we we do. We hope is better than the the previous one we did, and and we're growing in it as well. So, I totally. I, I love the name. I think it's super cool, Drake. and well, Drake,
1: you you you've also been so much fun just being in the background, but with our other guests, you pipe in when we're screwing something up or. I adjust the camera, which in microphone, so for our listeners, I'm not supposed to do this. And Drake gets mad at me often for it. But, you know, I think like we forget, like everybody wants to go viral and things like that. But also like construction is listed. I think currently what I recently read, like top five looked up consumed content on TikTok right now, like DIY construction, things like that. And we, we forget like that's, free but what are the key elements that would help our listeners in trying to put content out there look and I know you're going to talk about short form which I had to look up what is short form when I met Drake it was like I didn't I didn't know what that was but anyway t- tell us a little bit about that and like why it's so important to our listeners and why they got to get involved
3: yeah so I'd love to kind of go over like what the content landscape kind of looks like so you know you've got it well, it's just, just, it's just helpful to think about the way that content is, is produced and what it's going to do for you. Right? So we've got, you guys are doing, you know, a podcast, which is long form. And it's great. Cause you guys just get to sit down and have a conversation with each other and with your guest, And that's like the easiest way to produce content, right? We do this in coffee shops. We do this in meetings. We do this with our buddies at the bar. We do this all the time. And so if you can get entrepreneurs in their own basic environment, in their own native environment, where they're used to just having a conversation, good stuff usually happens. And good stuff happens in long form, but then we can also clip it up into short form. Short form content is generally content that is 60 seconds or less. And that content is used to either educate people or entertain people. And it's the kind of content that we're all consuming, right? So They go into any of your crews, and I'd be shocked if most of them weren't looking at either YouTube or TikTok or something, right? And so, what we've found, and the reason why I jumped into this is, I really believe that content and video content specifically is going to be one of the major ways that we communicate because people don't read anymore. (laughs) Like it's it is impossible, and I I I resemble this, right? So I don't want to sit down and read a book, I'd rather listen to an audiobook or I'd rather watch, look it up on YouTube and figure out how to do something or learn something or scroll on YouTube shorts or TikTok or Instagram on, you know, how I'm going to accomplish this thing or just be entertained, right? And so it's really changed the way that content works and the way that our brains work. And so if we can align If we can just align what we are doing with our marketing efforts to that then it is something that works for others right it's we're putting our content in the way that people would like to consume it and you know in the past you know you would have blog posts right so seo was a big deal and you know you'd go write three thousand word blog and that was where you would go to find information when people were doing research that's how they would find you and you can still do that and some people will read it you know if you're if you have enough marketing dollars to you know to do that then it makes sense keep doing it the search engines still love it but what we're finding is that a lot of times people would rather just watch a video and when you think about it youtube is i think it's the second biggest search engine and tiktok among the younger generation gen z 40% of uh, gen z actually starts a search on tiktok or another social media platform and so that's where they're going to consume the information and so if you're not producing the content on there then what are they you know how are they going to find you and learn about you and there's you know obviously different ways that you can talk about content like some people like what you guys are doing right so you guys are talking about content that other contractors would find interesting how to run your business better. And so that's one way that you can do it. Another way is looking at it. And there's tons of videos I I was looking up when I was doing research for you guys for like Bessa, right? There's tons of content on doing literally just time lapses of foundation repair, right? It's super interesting because when people are deciding what they want to do for foundation repair, or I've heard of this, or I think I need this, or I'm not sure about it, what are they going to do? They're going to search for it and now i see this time lapse and i understand what's going on and by looking at it understanding what's going on i now feel more comfortable in picking people and guess what if the person is putting the video out then all of a sudden i'm associating wow i was entertained by this con this content they must be really good at this because i'm watching this well produced video and so that's one way that people can do That's one way that people can produce content and short form content in a way that, that makes sense. And it really just depends on what type of business you are, what type of contractor you are and how you are being discovered and what you're going to be discovered for, right? And so we can get into, you know, if you want like the different ways that that might work and the different ways that people make decisions and the different ways that people, different content works for different settings. But that's just kind of, I guess, a general overview of what I think about the content landscape right now. Does that kind of answer your question?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in one of the, I think the, the paradigm shifts I had when, when we got into this concept, because we're at my construction company, we're pretty good at putting marketing dollars out there to generate leads. Right. But we weren't good at putting engaging content for people because most people don't need our services until they need our services. Right. Um, and that was something we really messed up on the eve of 2023 was putting content out there in the market to where, oh, this is what we do. And then obviously the algorithms kick in. But one thing that you taught me, Drake, that, you know, a lot of content like what you help have helped us create really serves two masters. You're creating a video form of content that people can engage with also because of shorter attention spans they can engage with. But that also can be converted to help SEO because the search engines are trying to dodge against AI and things like that because people can just, heck, you can go on AI and create blogs all day, which is not something that the keyword searches, you know, they they don't, they frown on that, Google does at least on SEO search. So it's like video can be transcribed for more authentic content. Which I was like, oh, light, total light bulb moment. But uh, it is funny thinking about this. Have you, Dylan? Have you heard of like this concept of like the millennial pause versus the Gen Z shake? <laughs> I have no idea. I can't, I can't wait. I I hope this is a dance move. I mean, this just blows my mind. Somebody actually, my son brought it up. So anyway, after the show, look it up. Just Google it, or is that even a thing now? Look it up on TikTok, right? So the millennial pause is like when you're creating a video and it's like, hey guys. And that's the call the millennial pause. The Gen Z shake is where it's like inauthentic and they jumble the phone around a little bit before they start filming. And that actually converts at a higher rate. Wow. And it's just because I think like people probably have maybe viewed our content. Drake, you, you've done really well at setting a good expectation, set up our cameras and mics, but I think people just also want authenticity, right? And, and I think we overthink that when we're just trying to create easy to produce content like this, right? I mean, what's your opinion
3: of all that? If you're shaking the phone, that's called a pattern interrupt, right? So psychologically, I can go, I can geek out on, on psychology for, for a while, but it's a pattern interrupt, right? You're looking at, you're used to things that are steady, steady camera angles, people holding it. All of a sudden you see a shake and it's like, what's happening, right? And so it, it, you know, breaks you out of the, let's call it the the TikTok glaze of scroll, 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 right? And so that's part of it. But I think that part of building engaging, part of building engaging content is really just connecting with your, with your audience about the things that they're looking for, right? Like there are, and, and finding those niches of people who are underserved, right? And so there are Tons of people who have phones who are looking for things that they're interested in. That's been the biggest shift in social media for a while is going from, pardon me.
1: Oh yeah, see this? Yeah, that's the, the plight of the the beers of contractors. podcast as you got to move over for the belch.
3: Anyway, sorry, Drake, go ahead. So one of the biggest shifts that's happened is that, you know, in the past it was all based on followers. Right. So early social media was let me go get all my friends and get as many people as possible to follow me because that's how I'll get content out. And the whole, you know, people will find me, people will learn about me, and building a big follower account is what mattered. Now, what the social media platforms have realized is that their best bet is to give content to anybody that is interested in the content, whether they're connected with you or not. And you guys have had this happen, you know, just on your YouTube just on you know several of your YouTube videos that we've been putting out, the short-form content from the podcast, is we've probably had, I think, somewhere around like just 10,000 views in the past couple of weeks from different videos that take off, that they've found an audience that's interested in the content, and they're not subscribed to you, they're not connected to you in any way, but because their previous history says, hey, this is a person who might be a contractor who is scrolling, who might be interested in this type of content, let's show it, let's test it. And then if they show that they're interested in it, we'll just show it to more people like that. And so we've seen that across several of your channels where we've gotten tons of views to people that aren't following you, that aren't subscribed to you. And that's kind of the beauty of short form content, the way the algorithms work now. And a lot of it comes from being interesting and for you guys engaging with a specific audience and producing something that they care about. So you're just connecting with people the same way that you would if you were in a coffee shop, just talking to them. Right. And I think there was more to your question, but that's, that's all I remember of, you know, the beer.
2: Yeah. You can, you can get an idea of this. Like what, what a short form look like uh, Go on YouTube. Uh, our, our channel that we actually post the short form from this is at unison works and works is with an X. U N I S O N W O R X. And you can kind of see what, 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 does this look like? Yeah. I think authenticity is key because. People don't want to be lied to like people, people want to do business with people. And I think a lot of people have hesitation to getting into digital marketing, you know, podcasting videos, whatever, whatever it may be, because they feel like it's inauthentic because they want the handshake. And the reality, as I've come to understand it, because I, I, frankly, I was one of those people and I, and I, I think deep down, I still prefer to do business that way. Like I want to shake someone's hand. I want to talk to someone in person. But the reality is, is like, everyone's moving around. There's a lot of people that you might not get to, to shake their hands. So like, this is the way I can authentically interact with them kind of in a digital landscape. So I've, I've sort of had a conversion to that or come around point to that. But I also think it's like super important to recognize you're never going to get caught by the algorithm. You're never going to get caught unless you have something of value. Like Mm -hmm. whatever video, whatever podcast it is, like the the viewers, the listeners, they need to see there's something they're getting from it. Right. And, and that can be hard because you're like in the midst of the conversation, in the midst of the video, you're sort of figuring that out as you go. And then something just clicks and you realize like, oh wow, that video or that podcast, that thing really took off. And, And at first it may be really like inexplicable. Like, I don't really know why that thing was so good. And you kind of drill down a little bit. You think about it a little more and, and then it becomes more targeted the way that you have those conversations. Hey, we're going to strategically approach this next podcast, this next video in this way. I think that that can be really powerful. It's just, it's intentional business. Instead of things just happening to you, you're going out and getting it. And Drake, I'm sure you see that all the time where it's like, Hey, you know, we're, we're kind of floating through, we're doing okay in our approach, but then something just really takes off or something like... Mm -hmm somehow the algorithm grabs it and, and now you've got a bunch of views. Like, what does that look like in terms of turning a strategy around that thing that took off or that thing that seems like is providing value to someone?
3: Yeah, so the, I think there's two really big things that you mentioned there. So the first thing is, you know, when you're thinking about producing content, a lot of people have an aversion to producing content because they're used to the 2013 website video that is a professional contractor or business person pretending to be a professional actor and be like hear it blah 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 we do blah 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 thing and we do it blah 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 and we care about you and it's that super awkward video where you're like this person is uncomfortable I'm uncomfortable watching him this isn't effective and none of this information is useful right so we had that series that and with you know, my first, my first company, we actually created some of those videos, right? Because that was the best that we had. And so part of the idea with content, Jim, is that if you give entrepreneurs a mic and you just let them talk and you let them talk at length, they're going to produce good stuff because a lot of the secrets, a lot of the expertise is all in here. And the more that they talk, the better it will get. And so I think that's a big thing for people to think about when they're thinking about video. This should not be the overly produced, let's pretend that you're Tom Hanks and can actually deliver your lines well type of video. This is let's have natural conversations about the things that you're good at and there will be people if we can take it and have a first implementation of it and then just consistently do it because that was the other thing about 2013 videos, right? The website videos is they were done infrequently. Well, we'll do a new video this year, right? We'll do a new video, you know, you know, every two years, every three years, whatever. The reality is, and this is why we called it content gym, is you need to be doing it consistently. You wouldn't go to the gym once and say, all right, cool, I'm ready for a bodybuilding show. We would laugh at that, right? That's a, that's a dumb idea. I wish it worked that way. Right? Don't we all? But content is kind of that same way to where you can't expect to be good at it unless you do it, but it should be easier than you expect it to. And that's why you know that's why me and my co-founder here as trainers to make sure that you're doing it right but to also make it as effortless as possible. The second thing, and it kind of ties into what I just said, is volume, right? If you're not doing enough of it, you're not gonna get better at it. And when we think about content, when we think about algorithms, on the one hand, the algorithm is very simple. On the other hand, the algorithm is very complex, right? It is a a significant multivariable equation that you're trying to get just right in order to produce something. And unless you have the time, energy, and effort to just sit down and study it and just do a whole bunch of reps, it's unlikely that you're going to to be able to configure everything. And even the experts who tell you they can configure it, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I know exactly what you should say so that the algorithm picks you up because mm-hmm. that's dependent upon viewing patterns that I can't control. That's dependent on the way that you say things. There's a lot of variables in there. So if you're not putting out enough content, then you're not gonna be able to actually be able to put stuff out there and have stuff happen, right? So we're putting out for, for you guys, we're putting out seven clips a week, um, seven clips a week at minimum, in addition to this long form video, right? You guys have seen it to where there's some that pop off and get, you know, 2,500 views and, you know, obviously we've only put out three episodes. So, you know, at the time of recording, there's, there's a small sample set, but you know other ones have gotten 10 or 20 or 25 right and so it all depends and if you guys weren't producing episodes consistently and easily then you wouldn't have the opportunity to hit that gold and then once you have enough data once you have enough clips out there you can look at it and go okay if I'm looking at all of it here's what specifically happened here and so let's be more strategic with the way that we approach what we're talking about you know in our next episode And then you just gradually are able to iterate. But if you want to do it, you know, once every two years, good luck. (laughs) Because unless you're putting money behind it, unless you're putting money behind it, not a lot of people are going to see it. For our listeners,
1: I just want to give kind of a background story and why I wanted you on Drake. So in 2004, I went to a national conference in 2004, hold on, 2006. sorry, showing my age. And there was this guy got up on stage. And mind you, this was a bunch of contractors and kind of specialty contractors in the foundation repair. This guy got on stage, said, guys, listen, I think this Internet thing's going to be really big. Right. And we practically threw our yellow pages at this dude. Sorry, if you're a younger listener, look, just Google yellow pages. I'm sorry. Go to TikTok, look up yellow pages.
3: So but he was
1: I mean, he was on it like we should have jumped on board right then and there because now it we were just talking about SEO, SEM, you know, marketing, but now we are in that transition and other industries have been doing this already for years. Right. And, you know, you, you were talking about volume and consistency. You know, I didn't, I, I used to listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant cordone and they, they say the same thing. Like you gotta be consistent on all platforms, not just your website. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just a contractor, you know, and, and shameless plug, and I actually call it unpaid sponsorship here. Perkins Brothers Construction is a construction company in North Carolina that I follow. And like the reason I did is they're building houses, but while they're doing it, they just break away little videos like about a speed square, like all the cool things about how to use a speed square. And by the way, speed square is like one of the coolest, it is like the coolest tool that was ever invented. Anyway, sorry, I'll get back on topic here, but, you know, just really good engaging content. So, you know, we're obviously sitting here with you, Drake, and most people don't realize that our guests are literally filmed on an iPhone. So, like, what advice would you give to a builder that, you know, they, <laughs> most of them I can already tell. They're like, I'll just give it to my son who's 19 and he can do it, right? But, you know, the, I, I think it's like the Yellow Pages moment that I had years ago. Like, this shift has to happen. So what advice would you give somebody, like a contractor on a small budget, with the devices that they have that they could do to push things out there? Because I know there's a lot of platforms, but if you just wanted to give a kindergarten level of
3: how to do it, what what pieces of advice would you give? If I'm a contractor and I am looking to get started in producing content, here's what you need to know. Your iPhone is plenty good to be able to produce content. The most important thing is going to be just the sound you would be shocked at the number of people who would be interested in the things that you're doing. I've looked up contractor videos that are, well, let me say this. There are literal channels with hundreds of thousands of subscribers that do nothing but extract blackheads from people, which is odd and weird, but there's people that watch it, right? You know what stinks about this is my phone just heard that and guess what's gonna start you're welcome. Um but if you if you're thinking about it like if channels like that like you would be shocked at the things people are interested in. And so the first thing that we think in our heads is I don't have anything interesting to say. But like you said before when you were giving the example of a speed square, right? The number of people who would actually find it your hack on how to use a speed square interesting is significantly bigger than you would expect it to be. So that's one, is just produce some stuff, and guess what? The worst-case scenario, nobody sees it, right? In which case, you don't have to be embarrassed because nobody saw it, right? The best-case scenario is other people see it, and even if you get negative, like, reaction to it, that still counts positively towards pushing your video out to more people because it counts as engagement. And so, and then the bright side of it is you see it and it's useful and people you've helped people right and so you know if we're taking this approach of hey let's help people and hey let's put better things out into the world we all know that person that is or you can find them on on youtube of the person who has less experience than you isn't as good at you isn't as good as you at what you're doing but they're putting content out and it just makes you angry because You're like, they don't know what they're talking about. We'll put out the content that shows that you do know what you're talking about. So I would say you'd be shocked to figure out, you'd be shocked at how many people could be interested in what you're putting out. As far as getting started on the equipment, your iPhone and your Android phones have great cameras in them. The most important thing is going to be sound, right? And so sound, I think if I remember. Remember, if I remember my statistics appropriately, the sound makes up about seventy percent of why people choose to watch something or not. So, if you're doing your sound in an echoey room and the audio just sucks, then you know that's gonna that's gonna be a problem. But there's tons of little clip-on mics that you can get on Amazon that are uh, you know fifty bucks, hundred bucks, whatever, um, and it's not actually that difficult in fact i have an entire um for anybody that's listening if you guys email me i actually have a full spreadsheet google sheet that i have that has some of the basics of you know what type of equipment you need and it has it linked on amazon so you can get that so but focus on sound if you could just get a mic that's slightly better than what you have then you're going to be good if you can hold the camera steady you're going to be good and so that's going to be most of it and really like i said you'd be you're you're iPhones or or androids nowadays have good enough cameras that you can you can put stuff out there that makes sense right well and i'm glad you mentioned
1: something about negative engagement because i think a lot of people this literally happened this morning guy put a great video about some sheetrock stuff and uh, dude all the guys get not all of them bunch of guys came out of the woodwork just hating on him and like he held it like what do they call Uh, they call it trolls like they're sorry i I mean by 11 year old that answer this question for me. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, like that's part of the game, right? And, and actually it helps you. And also your responses to those are actually, you know, if you're authentic, they actually help. And it's funny, I think I've got one of ours where I, I, I talked to, I, I quoted a good friend of mine and said, if you hire, if you tolerate a bunch of shitheads and then you find yourself surrounded by shitheads, don't be surprised if you're looking around at a bunch of shitheads, Right. And somebody said you can't do that. You can't say shitheads. And I responded like, "You just said shitheads." <laughs> actually, I was just having a lot of fun with it. But it was like, "Hey, like this is who I am." But anyway, yeah, I think you just be aware if you're if you're worried about that, uh, you know, dealing with negative comments, the trolls, if you will. Like that's just part of the game. And there's just so many weirdos out there that just comment on stuff. But anyway,
3: sorry, Drake, you were gonna say something. Well, I was just going to say, what's funny is it's actually a strategy to put an error in your videos. And just because rage actually is, so they've shown this, is that anger is one of the key motivators that encourage, that incentivizes people to comment or interact with the video. So some people will actually put intentional errors in order to make something go crazy because everybody gets mad and the way the algorithms work is if one video gets this type of engagement then it's going to show the subsequent maybe one two three or five videos to those people is your blood pressure going up <laughs> my my blood
2: pressure my blood pressure is rising i'm just like i i'm mad at the world that that is the way it is like basically you're rewarded for not for for not knowing and i'm like just give them the most valuable thing and now, now I think to myself, like, wow, we should have, like, messed up on every podcast and just, like, had this massive blunder. So that's coming on the next episode. We're, we're going to lie to you about something, and, and you're going to fix it, and then it's going to drive our rates up. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we've chosen the good
1: side like the, of, of the force, because, you know, we all know, like, bad news, you know, is more intriguing than good news, right? We're just trying to help people, so... And, and, you know, I'll take the long road if that's the way to go, but it's, it's going to be helpful. But Dylan, I know you wanted to touch on this, this next question, which I think is like,
2: well, no, it's important. Go ahead. Yeah. uh, Well, I know Drake works. You work a lot with two, two words. They're the buzzwords of 2023, and I'm sure will be buzzwords in 2024, artificial intelligence. And uh, I know you do some different things with uh, businesses to kind of streamline um, their efforts. We we spearheaded this episode and we talked about, hey, budgets are decreasing, work responsibility is increasing. There are probably solutions out there to help with that. And I, and I imagine a lot of uh, people's responses that are privy to AI would say AI is one of those. And uh, so I just wanted to get your take. There's a lot of contractors out there that probably wouldn't touch AI with a 10 foot pole. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a love-hate relationship with AI. I love it because it can do things very quickly, and just like just bust some stuff out. And then I have a hate relationship with it because I'm like, oh, I feel like we're just going to become dumber as a human race, not knowing things, and just chaos grows and we diminish. Um, but I, I do think there is value there. I, I think there is a good there. Um, and I think it has its limits, just like everything else does. But Drake, talk to us about you know what is good there. What what have you seen as beneficial? Uh, what would contractors see as beneficial?
3: Yeah, and one one other thing before we go, we need to talk quickly about content after this, after my answer. Content and uh, using it internally and the way that people are using content and unison specifically. Um, but as far as AI... I, I totally get it because it's like, I, I'm one of those weird techie people. Like I like to, to jump and dive into to anything that's new, anything that's fun and see that, but I totally get the, uh, I don't know what that is. That makes me nervous. That's, you know, whatever. That's kind of scary. I don't really want to jump into that. And also, can that help me? Can that really help me? You know, there's a lot of, there can be fear and uncertainty around that. Which in construction is totally legitimate
1: because I mean, we have new products come out and then, five years later, there's a class action lawsuit. So like, and we're just not, and I say this as a contractor myself, like Mm -hmm. there's always something new and it's like, Ooh, we're, we're reluctant to buy into that. So that's just a common mindset in our space. So sorry, go ahead, Drake.
3: No, it makes perfect sense. And like, it's not, like you said, it's not unreasonable to think that and to be concerned about that. The way that I look at the way that I look at at business, at AI, at implementing automation, stuff like that is most people who start a business, they start a business because they have a skill set and an expertise. And usually that revolves around the service that they're providing. So if you're a contractor, you know how to build stuff or you know how to fix stuff or you know how to install stuff, right? And you probably started the business to do that and along with that came all these other things that you have to do right whether it be hr whether it be invoicing whether it be accounting whether it be marketing whether it be making videos whether it be any of these things right and so ai and automations can be really good at helping you augment the things that aren't necessarily in your sphere of technical expertise like one of the guys that i'm i'm talking to is a general contractor you know i've figured out how to take Uh, invoices that they get, right? So they get invoices, their general contractor, they get invoices from all these different people. And I can use AI to actually read that invoice, take the relevant items that matter, and put it onto a spreadsheet so that it's really easy to process and their accountant bookkeeper can see everything and doesn't have to hand type everything, right? In any business, we have these really annoying tasks that make us either hand type things or manually enter things or things that are slow things that are repetitive things that are boring things that we don't like right and that introduces opportunities for error if we can use ai or automation to take these manual things and make them automatic and make the process work well so that they're able to be checked against the original so that there's not as many errors if we're able to just reduce errors and increase speed then those leads that came in you're not waiting you're not worried about you know whether you're going to whether they're going to slip through the cracks you're not worried about oh well you know we got to them three days late but we needed to get to them within a few minutes right you're able to just take some of those repetitive tasks where there's errors where you have to go back and go through the painful process of correcting that problem and if we can just increase the throughput and let's be real nobody woke up uh, you know, and thought when I grew up, I want to be a person who types things into a keyboard. They would just rather have that happen and then deal with people and have the process get solved and the task be accomplished, right? So if we can minimize some of these manual things, we're able to give our employees a better work environment because they're doing things that they feel like are, are more meaningful. And we're able to have our businesses function with fewer errors and faster. And so that's really where I think AI matters and it it's probably going to affect your back office stuff, your admin stuff a lot fat, a lot easier and a lot uh, more efficiently. And those are the things that you may struggle to hire with if you're a contractor because you'd rather just be out on the job site getting the work done and let's make the back end side of your business as efficient as possible. So you're able to focus on what you actually like doing instead of all the paperwork that you're, you know, kind of annoyed at, right?
1: Well, I, I'm excited. I don't fully understand it, just to be clear, but I, 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 I'm interested in the the integration. And somebody mentioned that, like, you know, of course, there's tons of stereotypes. Like, all oh, the, the, I saw this movie. It was called Terminator. Skynet's taken over, right? But it's not so much that AI is taken over, it's whoever's going to integrate with AI is so important. And I just want to stress this, like we get bids for commercial jobs or RFPs that are 250 pages. And we're only a little sliver of that and they don't tell you where to look, right? So it's like, there's only a matter of time before, you know, AI lookup tools is, are going to help with, this, especially the bidding process on so many large scale commercial aspects. Talk about QAQC. It's, it's coming. I'm excited for it. I think it's cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't fully understand it, but I'm not going to, you know, like the whole internet yellow pages comment before I'm, I'm kind of gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll try it out. But anyway, well, Drake, we always, you know, our routine buddy. So at the end of each show, we always ask our guests, like what's one big screw up you made in your career that hopefully you've learned from that you could share with our guests and either prevent them from making that mistake or maybe make them better?
3: Yeah. I think that's probably the, the one that sticks out to me most is when, so when I was starting my internet service provider, I was, I was the, there was, there was me, I was going to help the business function well. And then there was the the, my partner who is the expert in all the all the goings on of of the internet and how it worked. And my biggest mistake was not doing more inspection of the process of getting our internet infrastructure and the equipment up and going and not inspecting the stuff with our suppliers enough to where that they could, the things they said that their equipment could do, making sure that it could do that, and so I think that we've all had salespeople who promised the world, and <laughs> doesn't always live up that way. Yeah. So wait a minute. Is this an inspect what you expect thing or a? It is. I I want. I was. I was like, I'm not going to use it because they because such a common phrase. But yes, inspect what you expect is 100 the the message here. And I mean, I can reinforce that.
2: And I would imagine, for an instance like this, Drake, that what you expect, you may you you have an outcome that you wanted, but you probably didn't know exactly what you were inspecting. You're like, Mm -hmm. the other guy was the expert in that thing, and so I was hoping he would expect inspect it. It's going to be around for it and hear the outcome. But Mm. um, so that that's that's super hard, you know, as a as a business owner to say, this is not my technical expertise, so I'm just gonna. Mm -hmm parlay this one over to you um uh, but at, at a certain level a business
3: owner just needs to know a, a little bit about a lot of things i always just say yeah no it so i was going to be the, the office guy the, the office guy that made sure the business ran well and it turned into i'm the i'm the tower climber i'm on the roof installing things i'm the i'm the everything guy and it had a happy ending like i sold my business for i had a i had a good exit i'll I'll say that so it had a happy ending, but it took me five years to get there. It could have gone a lot better and a lot faster if we, if we had done it. And I, and I'm afraid of heights, so it would have been, I'm climbing 135 foot tower. So I could have avoided all that if I had done it better. It's awesome.
1: Well, I'll, I'll steal a, a phrase from a good friend of mine, Martin Holland. He's a business coach. He says, did you delegate or did you abdicate? Right. That, which is kind of runs along lines with the whole inspect what you expect. And I will tell you, I am the king. I am the king of abdication. It's like, yeah, you know what you're doing, right? And of course, I'm the boss. And so they're like, yeah, boss. And I'm like, then Anyway, yeah, well, thanks for sharing that, Drake. And listen, uh, we have fun with you every week on this show. I hate that our listeners don't get to see you behind the scenes, but I think what you do is just tremendously helpful because we forget how easy... It's not easy, but it, how important it is to getting out there in the world for to offer our products and services to people. But also, and we didn't really touch on this, our employees are also looking at our content, right? And they're looking for that authenticity. We didn't really touch on that today, which I think is an important point.
3: So, well, that was actually, you know, I, I think it's super important. And this is, Specifically, if you think of nothing else with your contracting business, you're one of your guys. You know, the last episode or was it the last episode. I can't remember with with Brett Tatum from Tatum Construction. He's actually on Unison and he's creating content. And I've been chopping it up. And what what he's doing is he is he's doing it twofold. He is doing external content, but also internal content where he's talking to his employees, and he's helping connect with them on you know a regular basis and he's using this as kind of a unison he's using unison as sort of an internal an internal social media platform for his company and it's actually been really cool because i you know we talk about lead generation we talk about all this stuff but with what we're looking at and what you've talked about will as far as the demographics of you know just the way that gen z is coming in and the way that you know we're having a declining participation in the labor force Being inspiring and showing that, hey, we care about you and hey, we're actually a company that has good values. Hey, we're a company that you can have a career here. Hey, we're a company to where you can actually have meaningful employment, work with your hands, create something that is going to last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That is actually something that if you're producing content that's written let's be real a lot of your employees aren't reading your written content they would rather just have a one-way conversation with you and i think that that's really the next step of content the next step of video content is using that more to where it's not something that's pre-scripted it's just you talking to them and i think that's going to be really big going into the future and i think that that's one of the cool things about unison is you actually have a platform where you can actually put that out there and connect to people and have better employee engagement and have better participation rates within your company because the recruiting with the shortages that we're facing now is really gonna be the next step, the next phase, the next big thing that people need to be concerned about.
2: Yeah, and and to what Drake's saying, uh, for for listeners that may not know, Unison is our employee collaboration platform for the contractor workforce. So, you know, Brett is using it to, to be able to communicate internally with his employees We've had a lot of case studies where companies are able to use our Unison software to communicate well in terms of task, project management, and also just culture. Um, so if you're interested in in learning more about Unison, you can go to u.works, u.w-o-r-k-s and learn more uh, or book a demo with Will and uh, hear more about Unison. Will? Yeah, nice 2013 video, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have a professional video. He's wearing a suit and tie. And he talks about how you matter. That's so funny. But no, it, 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 I think where it comes down to is marketing is
1: two sides of the same coin. You have outward facing to customers, inward facing to potential candidates. So any piece of marketing content, mailer, newspaper ad, video, it's hitting both of those people. So, but uh, anyway, so Drake, how can people reach you? I know you've got, and it's weird. Have we gotten to the point where we stop calling it Twitter slash X? Like, I, I know. So anyway, Drake, how can people reach you if they've got questions about this stuff?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Happy to help anybody that's listening. It's like, you know, there's, there's obviously the content gem side of what I do, but there's also the, the Maneo side. And I just like helping business owners, like just period. And so, that was part of what attracted me to Maneo is when we were talking, we we're like, hey, people just feel stuck and they're not necessarily sure. Maybe I need this, maybe I need that. I'm not sure. And so helping people get unstuck is is something that I think is is really cool. And so Drake at Maneo, which is D-R-A-K-E, and then at Maneo, which is M-O-N-E-O dot co, C O. So dot C O. And you can do that, but it's also Drake ciphers on LinkedIn. Happy to connect with anybody there. And yeah, like I said, also I'll, I'll, I'm the producer. So I guess I can put a link in the show notes to my, uh, to my, the, that Google sheet that has some of the equipment that you can, you can look at if you want to you know have a cool setup like me, Will or Dylan and, or if you want to just be shooting on your iPhone. So I'll do that. Well, Drake, thanks so much, buddy. And yeah, I hate that we didn't touch too much on
1: mineo today but that's going to be a future episode because i've already referred you to a few people specifically around the financial side which is a struggle for a lot of technicians but they're call them owner operators or even business hell i still struggle with it but anyway uh looking forward to that in the future episode drake thanks so much for coming on we love you man we love having fun with you every week uh dylan appreciate you you you, you got two beers down, so you're good? Responsible drinking. That's what that was. And you know what? These were not 15%. Thanks for listening to another episode this week. And you are going to love the disclaimer coming up at the end of our episode talking about drinking responsibly. So everybody, we appreciate you. We appreciate your reviews and listening, and we will look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much.
0: Welcome to Beers with Contractors. Grab your favorite beer, pull up a seat. And let's have a chat about the nuts and bolts of the construction industry. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Beers with Contractors. We hope you enjoyed our chat as much as we did. Before we say our final goodbyes, a friendly reminder, Beers with Contractors encourages responsible drinking. If you choose to enjoy a beverage during our time together, please do so in moderation and only if you're of legal drinking age in your country or state. Furthermore, the advice and insights shared in this podcast are for informational purposes only. Always consult with professionals and experts in your field, and be sure to follow local laws and regulations regarding licensing and permits. We're here to help, entertain, and inspire, but your safety and compliance are important. So, as you head out into the world of construction and contracting, remember to build responsibly and make decisions that stand the test of time. Thanks for joining us today. We'll catch you on the next episode of Beers with Contractors. Until then, cheers to your success.